Dr. C here. Before we begin, I'd like to make sure that you're aware that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is a leading provider of online therapy, and they provide video, phone, or live chat sessions with a licensed professional therapist. It's affordable, and you can connect with your therapist within 48 hours. Now, as a special offer to our surviving narcissism listeners, they'll offer a 10% discount for your first month of professional therapy. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com, that's betterhelp.com slash surviving narcissism podcast. I know that many of you would find online therapy to be quite life-changing, and so go to betterhelp.com slash surviving narcissism podcast, and many thanks to the people at BetterHelp for sponsoring our podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Surviving Narcissism Podcast with your host, Dr. Les Carter. I'm Michaela, the program director, and in today's episode, Dr. Carter will discuss how narcissists try to rob you of you. Hello again, Team Healthy. I'm so pleased to be here with you once again to talk about how we're going to survive all of this narcissistic behavior and communication and expectations that surround us. And today I want to discuss something that frankly is is rather baffling to me. I mean, I understand it, but it doesn't mean it's not baffling. And I know it's baffling to you. And that is, I want to talk with you about how a narcissist makes the effort to rob you of your own self. Now, that seems like a strange thing. I mean, let's let's pull that back. It's it it makes no sense to me for any person. I don't I don't care who it is and how smart they are. It makes no sense for anyone to say, well, if you are attached to me, whether it's inside a family or a marriage or in a friendship or at work, I need to turn you into as much of a mini me as I possibly can. And so, whatever distinctives you bring to the equation. Mm, that's not going to work. I, I've got to get you to line up to my preferences and my cravings and my desires. And once we accomplish that, then we're going to be just fine. And so, so many times, narcissists will try to figure out what it is about you that makes you distinct. They uh, zero in on how you emote, how you think, what your opinions are, and they'll let you know that doesn't work. Let me explain to you what the real way of life is supposed to be like, and wouldn't you know, it happens to be my way. And so narcissists have such a deep and profound need to be in control that they honestly think that they're doing you a favor by trying to get you to line up with their personality style and with their whole outlook on life, and as a result... Uh, the way I put it is they want to empty you of yourself and fill you with who they are. And it's, it's, it's tragic because I've spoken with so many individuals who can look back and say, I've had years upon years of that kind of engagement with, with these narcissistic people, and I just don't even know who I am anymore. 
Now, let, let's remember what it means to be narcissistic. We, we talk about a narcissist as somebody who's highly self-absorbed, uh, selfish, selfishness just comes out of them in a very natural way, which then leads to an attitude of entitlement. Here's what you're supposed to do for me. Uh, narcissism is also defined by a strong need to be in control. And because of that, then there's an attitude of superiority that also goes along with that. And then intermixed with this, then, since it's all about the narcissist, there's little need to show empathy toward you because, well, what you think and feel and perceive is not my concern. Uh, they might want to try to find out about that so that they can change it into what they want. And then also narcissism is all about creating what we refer to as an alternate reality. In other words, they make up the rules as they go along to suit their personal narrative. And if it doesn't go along with what the, the standard operating procedure is of other people or groups, then the, uh, the narcissist will think, well, they're wrong. I'm right. I'm just going to make it up and you need to go along with my version of reality. I mean, when you look at that, it's so completely egocentric and and that's not strong enough of a word to use it's it's so egregious for somebody to think i have to get everybody into my mold or at least if you're going to be in my inner circle you have to be in my mold now i want you to think as you're listening to me who in your world approaches you in that kind of way who do you uh, who are you aligned to that uh, operates with this deep sense of air. It's a combination of arrogance and insecurity. And I dare say that many of you could probably point to more than one or two or three people. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a very broad way of thinking. And I want to see if I can put you onto uh, some of their patterns and some of their schemes, because as you're able to uh, to spot what their techniques are, if you will, to bring you into their fold, then I'm hoping that it uh, uh, gives you enough of a sense of awareness and, and, and insight so that you don't uh, go along with it and, sure enough, uh, allow them to take over. Now, let me do a little caveat to that. Sometimes this effort to uh, to take over your personality and fill you with them begins at such an early age or in a very early stage in a relationship that you don't even realize in the uh, the beginning elements of the relationship that it's happening. And so many times you begin to feel this sense of loss of your own independence well after the fact or well into the relationship. And so the habits have been formed and patterns are established. And so it, it becomes that much more difficult to pull out of it. But that's what we're going to try to do. Uh, narcissists want you to, to doubt the validity of your core beliefs. They want you to doubt the validity of your preferences. Uh, and so they, like I say, they want to fill you with their ideas and their uh, standard operating procedures. Now, let, let me see if I can break down multiple ways or uh, schemes that they use to get you to lose yourself so they can fill you with them. Okay. First, when the narcissist approaches, approaches you with this goal in mind, you're going to notice that they offer you lots and when I say lots, I mean an overwhelming, persistent amount of criticism. I'm sure that there have been times when you've engaged with that person and it's like, I can't please this individual. 
You may say something like, I'm planning on doing this for my meal preparation. And it may be that they offer you advice that you didn't ask for. Well, I don't think you need to do this, but you need to do that instead. And sometimes it can be helpful to offer suggestions, but with narcissists like, no, you did it wrong one more time. Let me tell you what you're supposed to do differently. And uh, whether it's the decisions you make or whether it's the opinions you hold, uh, there's going to be a lot of second guessing. You can be the recipient of sarcastic and taunting kinds of uh, reactions from that person. If you say, well, this is the way I look at such and such, have you ever been uh, had the narcissist come back and roll their eyes? Or they may have this, uh, what I call the, uh, just this um, cynical kind of a chuckle like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> And, and they just kind of have this, this notion that's like, oh, you are so stupid. That's part of their critical mindset and second guessing. And so there are so many times that you're with that narcissist when you think, well, all I have to do to receive the criticism is just express an opinion or to express a preference or a priority or let it be known that I'm not exactly in the same vein as that narcissistic individual. And then here it comes. So you wind up uh, being very defensive and you can wind up being very guarded and cautious. And then uh, this is where it robs you of you. You begin thinking, I don't know if it's going to be worth it for me to say, these are my distinctives, deal with it. Many times you, you've been so on the receiving end of criticisms like, nah, I don't want to go into that arena. It hurts too bad. Now, another way that narcissists will rob you of yourself is they will make use of what I refer to as imperative communication on a very broad basis. Now, what do I mean by imperative communication? Uh, let, let's go back to your grammar school days and recall what an imperative sentence is. When we say something's imperative, it's very directive, command-oriented, black and white, do this, don't do that. There are certain words that I call the imperative words, and see if these sound very familiar. The words like have to, must, can't, should, supposed to, got to, need to, had better. The, the narcissist is very deliberate in letting you know, here's the way things are supposed to be. And many times as a child, you, you learn, I mean, simple little things. You're a third grader in school and the, the teacher says you have, to, you have to raise your hand before you speak up at school or you're supposed to stand in line or you've got to get your homework done um, by Friday noon, things like that. As kids, we learn that life is full of imperatives and that's just kind of the way they think. They're still very concrete in the way they think. But over time, the, uh, the child is not allowed to go beyond that. Uh, so many relationships have so many different takes on how to do things that we want to get beyond the imperatives and rather than saying, here's what you have to do, it might be that in a healthy relationship, you could be asked, well, let me hear your thoughts. I know I have my preferences and what I think uh, things ought to be, but I'm, I'm uh, detecting that you don't think quite the same. Talk to me about it. And uh, narcissists have a great deal of difficulty having that simple little adjustment in the way that they engage with people. It's so difficult for them to get away from the imperatives because they greatly fear that you're going to be a little bit too distinctive, or you may have an idea that may cause them a little bit uh, more discomfort 
or inconvenience. And so it's like, no, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I've already told you what you're supposed to think and how you ought to be. And so many people that I would talk to through the years would come into my counseling office and I would have to remind them all of these imperatives that you now are speaking to yourself. It it illustrates that that narcissist has successfully injected himself or herself into your mind and you're uh, running life through a sense of must and have to as opposed to thinking, well, I'm a free person and I get to think in whatever way makes sense to me, the narcissist has uh, let you know, uh uh-uh, we don't do that. That's way too risky, meaning I won't be in in total control. I do not want you to, to know that you are a free person, that you get to make decisions on your own. That's way too scary. That's way too risky. Now, a uh, another thing that narcissists will do that um, that robs you of yourself is a, an ongoing sense of blame shifting in the relationship. Whenever you have any kind of relationship, whether it's um, your, who you're living with, or your extended family, or friends, or work, there's there's always going to be some sort of a problem that comes up. Yeah, it may be that you forgot something. It may be that you managed something in a way that didn't really play out very well, or there was just a a misunderstanding between yourself, or there's conflicts and schedules. I mean, there's all sorts of possibilities. And so, narcissists, rather than thinking, well, you know, we didn't manage that well, or we didn't anticipate this. Uh, let's see how we can regroup and figure out how to do things in a different kind of way. They go straight into blaming. If we have a problem, there must it must mean that there's something defective about you. And so they, they want you to have this doubt. They want you to clearly uh, understand uh, any kind of um, a challenge to a relationship obviously means that you're deficient. And so uh, along with their criticism, along with their many imperatives, there's a lot of blame shifting where... Uh, someone has to be assigned the uh, the role as the the scapegoat or the inadequate person, and guess who that gets to be? Or another thing that uh, that is part of their effort to rob you of who you are. It's um, the the narcissist will send you the message that says it's not it's not that it's uh, that I don't want your opinions because they don't. But you actually don't even have a right to have separate and distinct thoughts from me. And so when you say, this is how I believe about whatever it is, or I know that that this person over here emphasizes this, but I'd like to emphasize this instead, it's like, you don't have that right. And so uh, there's an, an ongoing message that says, separateness and distinction in in our relationship is not something that's to be celebrated. It's something that uh, does nothing but create problems, and you have to quit. Now, having said that, uh, we'll take it a little bit further. I'd like for you to be aware of my video courses. One is entitled Ready, Set, Connect. Now, narcissists are quite capable of throwing you off balance, so this course keeps you focused on the skills and the mindset that are necessary for positive connections. 
And inside the course, uh, we have various modules that and in, inside each module are uh, lessons and each lesson contains a video, uh, written documents, and then questions that go along with it. We'll discuss things like how to have good conflict resolution skills, building empathy, how to be the authentic self that you need to be. If you're interested in enrolling, you can go to our uh, website, survivingnarcissism.tv, click the link for courses. You'll find Ready, Set, Connect there as well as the others. I hope that you would find them to be quite helpful. And now back to Surviving Narcissism with Dr. Carter. As they try to rob you of yourself, the uh, the next thing they'll do is there's an, an ongoing reminder of the hierarchy inside the relationship. Narcissists have a great difficulty, and again, that's a gross understatement, they have a great difficulty in appreciating uh, uh, relational equality. Someone in their mind has to be in charge. Someone has to be the authority. Someone has to have the final word, and it's not going to be you. And so they're constantly trying to pull rank. Well, I'm the father here in this home, or I'm the parent, or you don't know what you're talking about. That's not your expertise. This is my expertise, and I'm going to put it on you. And so they're constantly letting you know that they're the standard bearer. They, They hold the answers, and you're the underling. Don't you forget it. And so uh, there's this uh, this one up one down kind of a, a mindset that they bring, and it can come even in the simplest things. An, illustra- an illustration I like to use is: let's suppose it's Friday evening and you're wanting to go out to dinner, and that narcissist says, uh, "Where would you like to go?" And you say, "Well, I'd like to have some seafood." And <laughs> their mind's like, "No, I don't like seafood." Well, okay. How about if we go and have some um, uh, some Mexican food? Nah, I don't feel like Mexican. And it's like, well, uh, what about Italian? Nah, that, I had Italian yesterday. And so you finally begin asking, well, then why did you bother to ask me the question? What do I want? Because in their mind, it's like, well, there's there's um, the correct answer, and you still aren't giving it to me. I guess I'll just have to decide. And and so, but you, you can see that uh, there's there's this ongoing one-upmanship. Any little small exposure of your preference or your opinion and all is going to be put down, and in doing so, the narcissist will elevate themselves at your expense. Well, that takes us to another of their tactics that where they rob you of yourself. And that is, narcissists have virtually zero interest in seeing you grow on a personal uh, level. I'll give you an illustration. uh, This is a number of years ago. I'm by no means an art aficionado, but I was actually reading a, a very interesting book about uh, the history of Dutch art, and I, I love Rembrandt's paintings. But this uh, this book took the time to discuss how Rembrandt was uh, was influenced by Rubens, and how you know then Rembrandt influenced other individuals. It was a really interesting book. And this uh, this individual was asking me what I was reading about, and I was telling him this, and he just had this quizzical look on his face, like, "Well, why would you want to read something like that?" Well, the answer is because I wanted to. And just a little small something of that nature uh, drew this response from him that would say, well, 
that's not my interest. And so that's something I wanted to learn about, but because it's something he did not want to learn about, it's like, well, then you're dismissed. <laughs> and so whenever you show something like that, rather than saying, well, how did you get that interest? Or what are you learning? Or what's the most intriguing thing that's in that book? Or something like that. Uh, it, it goes with their lack of empathy. They just simply don't want you to uh, to grow and expand. They like to keep people in their narrow little grooves, and just simple things like that are actually a threat to them. Well, that means you're moving away from what interests me because I, I don't like uh, Dutch art. I like baseball. Uh, so, you know, they think like that. Now, another thing that they'll do is they try to rob you of yourself is there's lots of usage of guilt induction. Uh, there's, there's a constant mindset of uh, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. Now, uh, for those people that know me on a personal level, they understand I, I have a, a, a good appreciation for morality and standards and values and principles but I also know that not everybody is going to meet the morality and standards and values and principles on every single time. And so whenever I encounter somebody who misses the mark, rather than just putting shame and guilt on them, my mindset is to say, uh, let me understand where you are. This happened, and I know it didn't work out very well. Let's talk about what your thinking was, and let's talk about how you're feeling right now, or let's talk about uh, your experiences now that you've been through all of this. Narcissist is like, no, I don't do that. That means I have to uh, invest in that person at a heart level, and there's no way I want to do that. And so all they do is they say, well, I, I hope you're satisfied. You did it wrong, or you, you made some mistakes, or you uh, miscalculated. How'd that work out for you? And they can just put in this guilt and shame upon you. And by the way, the reason they do that is because they learned that at a very early age. That's how it works. There's a judgment system out there. And then finally, we can say that one of the um, primary things that narcissists do to rob you of yourself is that they're, they're just going to be persistent and ongoing demeaning messages that they are more than happy to say to you. I mean, for example, I cringe when I hear these kind of comments from people. Um, many of you have heard things like, you're just pitiable or you're an embarrassment to me, or you're just absolutely wrong, or you're inadequate, or you're a joke, or you're a disgrace, or you're ungodly, or you're uh, unattractive, or you're unacceptable, or ill-informed, you're a nuisance, you're not tolerable. You know, there, there are all sorts of insults like that. And when you hear enough of those over time, even though you may start out being a pretty uh, self-confident kind of person, there's an erosive effect that that has. And the, the, the message is not necessarily given to you in the moment of those demeaning messages, but the message is, you don't need to be you. You need to be the version of me that I say you're supposed to be. And that's the whole goal that they have. So I go back to my opening comments and I say, you know, it's just a bafflement to think that a person would feel like that's a really good strategy for managing relationships. I want to empty you of who you are, and I want to fill you with my better way of doing things. Now, as I'm sitting here talking, I know that I'm speaking to a large number of people who are just nodding their head up and down, and they're saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I've been on the receiving end of these kinds of comments and attitudes so many times over. 
it's essential for you to remind yourself that this robbery attempt, if we can call it that, is not about you. Um, it, it's all about the person who feels the need to squelch you and your uniqueness. Uh, individuals who feel like they need to eliminate your uniqueness and fill you with themselves uh, are operating with the height of arrogance, at least on the surface. I mean, there is such a condescending, I'm better than you and don't you forget it kind of a mindset that they operate with. But then it's also important for you to take it a little bit further and remind yourself, uh, whenever they do this to you, it's virtually never fact-based. These people are not logical. These people are not um, in a rational and reasonable uh, way of thinking. Instead, uh, the, uh, the, the effort of that narcissist to eliminate your uniqueness is virtually always self-serving, and it's it's emotionally driven. And of course, you can see that it's emotion it's driven by the emotion of fear first and foremost. They fear you being too different because that means that they become unnecessary. One of the things that narcissists dread most is their own irrelevance. And so, if you are too independent and too capable and too confident aside from them, it's like, well, then that means I'm a nobody and we're not going to allow that to happen. And so you need to understand they're uh, projecting all of their fears onto you. And uh, ultimately, this need to empty you of yourself speaks of their own profound insecurity. And when I use that word profound, it's like it's pervasive. They, they can come across in an authoritarian kind of way, like, oh boy, do I really know how things work? But in fact, it's not uh, uh, coming from a place of confidence at all. Um, ultimately, narcissists, uh, they, they don't understand the basics of what makes relationships work, work well. Um, when I think of some of the characteristics of a healthy relationship, uh, none of what I've just mentioned <laughs> would fit into that description at all. Healthy relationships emphasize an honor toward one another. I want to honor you and who you are in the way that I engage with you. Healthy relationships uh, emphasize respect. Healthy relationships emphasize an understanding spirit. When you're in my presence, I want you to know that I, I truly like knowing who you are from the inside out. Healthy relationships emphasize harmonizing. Healthy relationships emphasize a curiosity. The implication is there's so much that I don't know about everything. And so if you're in my world and uh, you bring a little different angle, I'd like to know that. They want to learn. Healthy relationships implies a certain amount of self-restraint rather than thinking I have to superimpose, oh, I don't need to superimpose, I, I need to pull back on that and just uh, you know, uh, uh, holding back on their own need to just be in total charge. So as you can see the patterns that they have and as you examine the, the depth of the arrogance and then the profound insecurity that's driving it, I guess the question for you is, well, how am I going to respond? And I'm going to go ahead and say straight up, first and foremost, recognize that you are in the presence of an abuser. And I don't mean that in a um, um, 
derogatory kind of way. I'm just saying that's what it is. These are people who are bullies, and these are people who have no problem whatsoever making a mockery of who you are. And then, as you recognize that, I want you to ask yourself a very basic question, and that is, why would I ever choose to lay down my own distinctives and go along with this crock? <laughs> I could fill it in a little bit more, but I think you get the idea. Uh, they want you to, to shake in your boots and think, well, I, I can't afford to be me. And I'm, I'm hoping you can think, wait just a minute. This is a person that's coming at me with this incredibly immature and childish mindset, and here I am, a full-grown adult, and I'm going to say, okay, here's my emotional well-being. I'm handing it over to you. I'll let you push the button so that I can figure out who I'm going to be today. No, uh, th there's there's absolutely no logic to that whatsoever. Bottom line is uh, plain and simple, and that is, you deserve much better than that. Um, and uh, it, it comes down to you uh, buying into a very profound notion that says something very simple like, you're never going to meet your own potential as long as you're continually laying down your uniqueness for the purpose of quieting a bully. Let me repeat that. You're never going to reach your own potential as long as you are continually laying down your uniqueness for the purpose of quieting a bully. Instead, I hope that you can have a very different kind of mindset that says, I have a good mind. I have a capable mind. The narcissist doesn't see that fact. The narcissist does not appreciate that fact but it's a fact nonetheless. And I'm going to be at my best when I, pay, when I pay close attention to the one person that I respect the most. And that one person is myself. I, I hope that you hear my heart and I hope that this is a mindset that you can hold on to. Narcissists want to trample all over you because they're afraid of your distinctive um, but I'm hoping you can say, well, I value my distinctive. And if that narcissist could be humble enough, I'd be willing to take that approach toward that individual. But I don't want to engage with somebody who's so uh, far off base that they honestly don't know which end is up. But I'm hoping that you can give yourself a vote of, uh, of well-being, a vote of confidence that says it's, it's not at all that risky for me to, to listen to myself and ask, who am I? What do I think? what makes sense to me. I think that's a reasonable beginning point for you and the way that you engage with others. I hope that's something that you can buy into as well. So Team Healthy, thank you for letting me be on your journey here with you one more time. And I'm going to keep bringing more of these kind of messages to you. I, I truly want you to live into your best version of yourself. Uh, you know that we stand here on the, the Surviving Narcissism channel for uh, d dignity, respect, and civility. That's something that I hope that you can claim for yourself and hold on to it for all it's worth. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Surviving Narcissism is the product of many years of work done by Dr. Les Carter. Dr. Carter is a best-selling author and therapist with more than 40 years of experience specializing in anger management and narcissistic personality disorder. 
You can find more content from Dr. Carter on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Surviving Narcissism, as well as on his website, survivingnarcissism.tv. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We are so glad to have you on Team Healthy.